As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another post-game head of the pack. Holy hell. I mean, there's a lot to discuss from that game. There was Jordan Love. There was Aaron Rodgers. There was Keyshawn Nixon. There was a run defense that, Bill, I don't know if I've ever seen anything as brutal as that in my life. And I'm not talking about just football. That was an abomination. Emphasis on abomination. Let me tell you this. The Eagles ran 34 times. 7.4 yards per carry, 363 rushing yards. Let me repeat that, 363. It looked like Joe Barry did not show them a single clip of Jalen Hurts running. 17 carries for 157 yards, 9.2 yards per carry. Miles Sanders, 21 for 143 and two. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and be like, This is all Joe Barry because it's not all Joe Barry. He does not deserve to have a job as the Packers defensive coordinator. And and our friend Cassidy Hill, who covers the Packers for the the, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, I think put it nicely in the press box tonight. Because I said, what's firing him right now going to do? It's not going to change anything. But she said, what what is going to happen eventually has to happen right now. And we said it last week. And you kind of said it more firmly than I did, but I'll say it right now. Joe Barry should not have a job by the time Monday afternoon rolls around as the Packers defensive coordinator. That has nothing to do with him as a person, nothing to do with my personal feelings about him. He is a bad defensive coordinator. He's, he, he shouldn't be the, the defensive coordinator after the season. So why is he still the defensive coordinator now? Can you answer that question for me? Is there a good answer? No, there's not. Um, I heard him last week, Matt. My God, Matt. You know, and it's not all Joe Barry's fault, right? You know, he said during training camp, and I think even early into the season, that the defensive line was special. Talking about Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed. And I'm assuming he was lumping Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith into that because those guys are, that's the line, right? So Rashawn Gary's not out there. How on earth do you give up 360-some yards, Matt? 
I realize the Eagles have a great offensive line. And I realize that Jalen Hurts is a really good runner and Miles Sanders is a good runner. And the Eagles have put up a lot of yards against a lot of defenses. But Jesus, Matt. 363 yards. It is the third worst performance in franchise history. They gave 400 and some to the Bears in 1953, I think. And 370 something against Walter Payton and company in the 70s. So, Christ. Um, by my met, they've played 1,474 football games here in Green Bay. The third worst day ever. They weren't this bad in 2012 against Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs. They weren't this bad in 2019 against the 49ers in the playoffs. They're the freaking steel curtain in comparison to tonight. And again, it's not all Joe Barry, I don't think. I mean, Jerry Montgomery probably needs to get fired too because that's a lot of firepower between Kenny Clark and contracts and first-round picks. They need to start from scratch. I'm talking everybody. Joe Barry, Montgomery, Jerry Gray, everybody needs to go because this defense is a disaster. For as much resources and for as draft picks, money, hype, you name it, these guys stink. I know you love to say stink, <laughs> but these guys stink, Matt. They're so bad. I mean, we've said it before on here. The defense was supposed to win this team games. Yep. The plan for this team this year was to let the offense figure it out as the season went along. And whoop de doo look what happened tonight. The defense was supposed to win them games while the offense figured it out, while Rodgers gelled with the young receivers, while they got Bakhtiari and Jenkins back in the thick of things, or back in the swing of things, I should say, on the offensive line, while Robert Tunyon got back into things. But they haven't. I mean, it's fair to say, I sound like a broken record saying this, Brian Gutekunst Stephen would not, would not say he went all in on offense. He, he, people say, oh, you expected to replace... Devontae Adams and MVS with Sammy Watkins and two rookies. No, he knew he wasn't doing that. Where they went all in was on defense. They paid Devondre Campbell. They paid Jair Alexander. They paid Rasul Douglas. You have a bunch of core players coming back in Eric Stokes, Savage, Amos, you know, uh, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. And look, I understand there are injuries to Stokes, Campbell, and Gary. But Campbell and Stokes were bad. And Gary, Gary's the one exception. But listen, Kingsley and Agberry and Justin Hollins were, were fine tonight. But what's most shocking to me is how proven veterans on this team who have been good in the past, how bad they are this year. Kenny Clark is having a bad season. Rasul Douglas is having a bad season. Darnell Savage wasn't even on the field to start the game. It seemed like he was benched. And then he gets injured and is out for the game on his lone defensive snap of the game. Adrian Amos has his feet in, you know, I was going to say quicksand, but he has his feet frozen in cement out there. He's struggling too. Quay Walker has shown some nice things this year. He's not going to be a player for this defense unless he learns how to tackle. He can cover sideline to sideline. He's got nice speed. He can hit hard, but man, that guy needs to learn how to tackle. When is Dean Lowry going to get off a block and make a play? Jaron Reed does some nice things, I will say. But, like, Jair Alexander, too. 
for a guy that's paid 21 million a year, he gives up way too much. And I'm not here to trash on some guy's personality. So I'm not going to be like, Oh, you shouldn't celebrate this, that you shouldn't taunt the crowd when you're losing because that's what makes him who he is. But what I will say is you got to play better and tackle better. You know, people say he, he doesn't look like he's going all in on tackles because he just throws the shoulder, whatever. But my biggest gripe with the way he's played, I shouldn't say gripe because that sounds like I have a personal agenda. The biggest issue with how he plays is that he hasn't been the lockdown corner that they're paying $21 million for. There are problems on every single level of this defense. Isaiah McDuffie tonight, I mean, it's just bad all around. That's why when you say they got to fire everybody, they probably do but they can't fire the team and the players are a huge problem as well. In addition to the coaches and Brian Gutekunst does not get off the hook because the run defense has been a black eye on this team year after year after year. And he, yes, he drafted Devonte White and Quay Walker. Yes. He signed Jaron Reed, but he's not making the right moves to upgrade this run defense. You can try to, but guess what happens to general managers who try and don't succeed. They don't have jobs. That's right, Matt. They get fired. Um, I hate to say that they quit tonight because I, I have no idea, but it seemed like they lost their stomach to play run defense at the end of the game, right? They, they had a third and fourth down stop, and then that was it, and they just kept running it and running it and running it, and they just had no answers. Um, maybe that's what happens when you're a 4-7 and seven team going on 4-8, and eight, and things are going poorly, and you maybe – Cut back and have for I don't know, but that was. I mean, they stopped Derrick Henry last week. It's dumbfounding. I I came up with something. They had allowed 112 rushing yards to quarterbacks this entire season. Hurts had 100 yards in the first quarter. Jesus. And it all started that first play. And you mentioned Quay Walker. They have Walker spying Hurts on third and ten. All they have to do is tackle him. All he has to do is hang on for dear life. And the Calvary can come and they can take down Hurts and they punt. Instead, Hurts gets gets away on third and ten, gets twenty four, and they go around and get a touchdown. And that was the night. Just couldn't stop him. They never got close to stopping him. Quay Walker, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage missed tackles on that play. Yep. I I don't even know if they're considered missed tackles. Some of them didn't even try to tackle because they were just frozen. Um, then on Miles Sanders' touchdown run, Kenny Clark. Uh, and Walker again. And then Walker again. And then there was that, I forget how many yards it was, but Jalen Hurts run around the right edge where I think Preston Smith overshot. And then you're left with Jaron Reed trying to fight off a block on the edge against Jalen Hurts with nobody even remotely close on the second or third level. And he basically just walks down to the step of the, to the doorstep. And I mean, like I said, it's almost as if, sure, you can put guys in position and missing tackles is one thing, but plays like that, it's almost as if you had no idea what's coming. You have what? The Eagles are nine and one. You have 10 games of footage. Like, what are they doing? It, it, and I don't, I don't want this podcast to be, oh, we're calling for people's jobs. Listen, we understand, you know, guy loses his job. It's a family that gets displaced. And whatever, but this is the NFL. This is a results-based business. As Matt LaFleur has said in recent weeks, after, for example, Amari Rogers lost his job. But like 
the defense has so severely underperformed. And some of the same issues are popping up. And what did Matt LaFleur say the other day or the other week when he was talking about recurring issues? He said, when issues keep popping up, then you have to take a look in the mirror. Joe Barry does not deserve to have a job. The defensive line has been horrible. I think Jason Rebrovich has done a nice job with the edge rushers. Kingsley and Agberry has been a nice bright spot. Justin Hollins looked nice tonight. He gets a pass for no Rashawn Gary. Kirk Olivadotti does kind of with no Devondre Campbell, but his inside linebackers aren't playing well. And I know everybody wants Jerry Gray as the next defensive coordinator, but why in God's name would you want the position coach for one of the most disappointing groups in the NFL? I would say, I haven't watched every team. I'm just guessing. Why would you want him as your defensive coordinator? You're right. Um, I, I, so it was, it was a home game for me tonight and I'm watching the game and I'm writing and I sit next to my wife, Melissa, and she says, why are there guys always wide open? <laughs> I'm thinking and my son, my son, Isaac is next to me. It's because he's, it's because they stink. He actually said stink, man. He's never listened to the podcast, but he's, but they're right. And it's to your point. It's like, there's, there's always guys open. It's like, there's always a mental breakdown somewhere. So yeah, that, 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 that does go on Jerry Gray. Um, I don't know. Maybe everybody just thinks that Joe Barry can't coach and they've all mailed it in. I don't know, but it's going to be a long off season. LaFleur's got a lot of fires to put out. Never mind the quarterback stuff. If, if, the, if he's going to have to be going to Jordan Love here, but he's got a whole hornet's nest on defense. He's got to get it figured out because like you said last week, you can't fire, you can't fire the players and they've got a lot of money invested in that side of the ball. They're going to have to somehow get the right guy to lead this group and get everybody playing to the potential because no one has played to the potential this year. Yeah, and, and one last thing on the defense. I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to fire Joe Barry or anyone for that matter during the season. I think he'll wait till after the season to fire Joe Barry because at this point he has no other choice. You, you cannot keep Joe Barry on staff for next season. You simply can't. The definition of insanity is expecting different results, but trying the same thing over and over and over and over with no reason to believe anything will be different. They have no reason to believe anything will be different. So what happens then at defensive coordinator? Looking ahead here, I find it very ironic that the Packers defense puts forth its worst game of the season the same day Jim Leonard supposedly becomes available when Luke Fickle gets the head job at Wisconsin. And Jim Leonard, of course, I was told he was never formally offered the Packers defensive coordinator job. It was more like there was an unwritten offer on the table and he pulled out to return to Wisconsin before being officially offered. Regardless, he was Matt LaFleur's top choice it seems, to be defensive coordinator. Then he pulled out. He's not going to stay at Wisconsin because that would just be awkward. If he doesn't get a D1 head coaching job, does Matt LaFleur go back to him and say, let's try again? Now that Jim Leiter knows he's not going to be the head coach at Wisconsin? That's a great question, Matt. He's a 3-4 guy. I mean, this is a 3-4 personnel team, and he's a 3-4 guy. 
Um, comes from the Mike Pettin Rex Ryan school of defense. That'd be great. Makes sense to me. Let's do it. I mean, I getting on, on Ferry. I mean, I suppose you could after the after the Chicago game, right? Could you make the move then and just let give it to Jerry Gray for four games because you'd have that buy to for him to sort out some things and he can put his own spin on things. But Cassidy, I don't know. Doesn't matter, I suppose, at this point. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I just don't see what doing it with four games left in the season would do. And Lafleur doesn't want to deal with all the hoopla around a defensive coordinator change. And he'll wait till things calm down in the offseason two weeks after the season ends and say they've decided to part ways, mutually part ways with Joe Barry. Jerry Gray shouldn't be the next defensive coordinator. So it's yeah. not like it would be an audition for him either. The only w- way I think you do it in season is if you think you have the next DC on staff and you want to see what he can do with the defense. The next, there's no worthy coach on this staff. Of There's no coach on this staff worthy of being the next DC. So yeah, you're I think, ju- right, Matt, because- I think just out of principle, like, He's not going to fire him, but you have to. But he's not going to. <laughs> no, you're probably right. Because he, that, 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 he doesn't have to answer questions from us, right? Right. And if he's answering questions from us, then all those questions get asked to the locker room. That's not fair to those guys either. So it's probably the way to go. I mean, if he didn't fire Mo Drayton last year on a, on a Super Bowl contender, he sure as hell right. not going to do it on this one. So, so next up. The quarterbacks. So Aaron Rodgers takes a hit to the ribs and the injury gets compounded when he falls after the hit in the second quarter. And then on the sack on the first drive of the third quarter, he takes another blow to the ribs, uh, played the remaining 10 offensive snaps of the third quarter, led the Packers or helped the Packers to a field goal drive and then jogs to the locker room. He said he was worried about a punctured lung, had trouble breathing, couldn't turn his upper body. Um, the pain was just too intense to go back in. This is a guy who's played with a broken thumb for the past six weeks. I don't think anybody's questioning his toughness, but um, bottom line, he said he expects to play next week. If the follow-up scans tomorrow, today, I guess, since it's three 30 Eastern time in the morning right now, um, if they don't reveal any significant structural damage uh, to the ribs, he, the x-rays tonight were not conclusive enough to where Rodgers could say he didn't have broken ribs. He still might. Um, But it allowed us to see nine passes of Jordan Love. Went six for nine. A drop from Aaron Jones was in there on a really nice throw on a really nice design play, I might add. Um, I thought Jordan Love had some nice zip on the ball, good accuracy. He looks composed in the pocket. I think there were two instances in which he could have run. Um, I think the third down, it might I think it was the third down before they had to attempt the field goal to make it 40 to 33. He had the edge. So maybe maybe 
I think Rob Domovsky said in the press box, maybe that's just Tom Clements saying, don't run. Um, I would have liked to see him run a little bit because he has that part of his game that Rodgers doesn't. But, you know, Christian Watson said it seemed like Jordan Love has been doing this all season. There was We felt we had a good chance with him. He commanded the huddle well. He was calm, cool, and collected. Rodgers liked what he saw from him, you know, timing up his drops with his routes. Listen, it's a, it's a short stretch, but the Packers now have a decision to make, not based on performance, but even if Matt LaFleur says Rodgers will be out there when he's healthy, does Brian Gutekunst come in and say, I need to see what I have in Jordan Love for the next five games before I make this decision on his fifth year option. I know you've said, you know, you've talked to scouts who have said he already knows what he has, but it's an interesting decision that lies ahead because of Rogers health. It's fascinating. And I guess what does the, what do you say? Significant structural damage. Is that why, is that how we put it tonight? I believe so. Yes. So what, you know, what, what does that mean? Right. Is it, I mean, is it just a broken rib? Am I, I, I'm, I, said, say, I, I say just in kind of quotation marks, um, but if it's quote unquote just broken, is that, does he feel good enough about that? He said major structural damage. Is major structural damage. So I, I, I guess it'd be interesting to to dig into what exactly that means. Um, but yeah, LaFleur said that Rodgers is going to play. Rodgers said he wants to play. Rodgers did say to your question that when they are officially eliminated um basically he's he'd be open to sitting down they're pretty close to being eliminated matt so i i think if he if he's if he's up to going on sunday i'd play him figure you're not gonna be around this thing much longer and maybe when you come out of that bye you got four games of jordan love to get him out there and plus if you get the bye too that's probably helpful for jordan too Mm-hmm. But the offense can to, you know, they can adapt some things that they've been doing that from Rodgers to, to fit love. It probably, probably makes some sense to wait for that bye week. So it seems sooner than later, it's going to be Jordan Love time. You know, the fascinating part is, is once they make the change, is that the change forever? You know, does Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's going to turn 39 in what, five days? He's been in year to year mode anyway. So it, it's possible this next game might be his last game. You know, who knows? Yeah, I I think, you know, I kind of stumbled in how I asked that question to Rodgers tonight because he said to Pete Doherty, as long as we're mathematically alive, I want to be out there. So I asked him, you know, beyond competitive spirit, why do you want to be out there? And I didn't sound right. And he kind of smirked because he knew what I meant. Like, what is what do you still have to to look for in playing potentially meaningless games? And he said, you know, love of the game, pride, because I prefaced it with like chemistry with receivers for next year. And then I I later asked him if he still plans on holding off on a decision or determining whether he wants to play in 2023 for after this season. He said, yes, he's still going to do that. So I don't know if he's made up his mind yet. He could just be lying to us. But um, that decision will come later. Is it possible Chicago on Sunday is Rogers last career game. Sure. It's possible. I still don't think it will be. I still think he's the starting quarterback here next year. If he retires, he just forfeits $58.3 million. Money, Money doesn't matter that much 
I should say this money doesn't dictate his life. He has plenty of money, but $58.3 million is a lot. They can't trade him. They can't cut him. He's going to be back. But then that complicates things with love. Because do you exercise his fifth year option, guaranteeing him $19.8 million in 2024? Will you know? Is, is Rogers going to commit for one more year after this season? For two more years? If he commits for one more year, then you don't know if he's going to be on the roster in 2024 by the time you have to exercise that fifth year option for Jordan Love. If Rogers says, I'll play for one more year, does Brian Gutekunst say, This is your last year? We're moving on to Jordan in 2024? He could. Does he say, okay, Aaron, one more year. We'll let Jordan play out his, his rookie year. Then if you decide to play 2024, we'll go with you. If you don't, we'll re-sign Jordan in free agency. It's going to be fascinating. There are a lot of different things at play because there are two questions. There's the question of whether Jordan Love is good enough to be the next starting quarterback here. And there's the question of if he is good enough, how Aaron, if Jordan Love is good enough, how Aaron Rodgers' decision about his future affects the transition to love whenever that may be. Because even if he is good enough, Aaron Rodgers could keep coming back. And Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur might think, Aaron Rodgers gives us the best chance to win. Let's just keep going with him. And pray to God Jordan Love doesn't become a great starting quarterback for another team for 10, 15 years. So turn on you, Matt. You are now Matt LaFleur. What are you doing? I think until you're mathematically eliminated and 538 has the Packers at a 3% chance of making the playoffs. And I understand that's eliminated. But until you're mathematically eliminated, I think you have to start Aaron Rodgers. Because if you don't, it sends the wrong message. You can't stand in front of the team, stand in front of the public, the fans that own the team, and say we're trying to win every game to make the playoffs. Because right now, I truly believe Aaron Rodgers gives this team a better chance to win than Jordan Love. That's not my own evaluation. That is, I'm reading the Packers' decision-making. They've started a quarterback with a broken throwing thumb for the past six weeks over Jordan Love. They think Rodgers gives them a better chance to win. They might start a quarterback with a broken right thumb and tender ribs next Sunday in Chicago. Is that because they think he gives them a better chance to win or because... He runs this, Rogers runs this organization pretty much, and they're paying him all this money and they have to start him. Could be, but let, for, for this argument, let's say Rogers gives them a better chance to win than Jordan Love, even with his injuries. You have to start Rogers until you have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Will it hurt your draft stock? Maybe, but it would send the wrong message to every guy in the locker room. And if you bench Rogers when there's still a sliver of a chance that you might make the playoffs, then you risk starting to lose the locker room, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think, yes, it's enticing to see what Love has. And I think they will get to at some point because, like you, I think we we interpreted Roger's comments the same way. Him saying, I'll be open to conversation once we're mathematically eliminated. To me, that meant... Once we're mathematically eliminated, 
I have no playoffs left to play for. I'll let them either bench me just to see what love has, not because of performance or put me on IR because at that point I'm fine with Jordan getting it. I think Aaron Rodgers really likes Jordan love as a person. And I think he would be fine with letting Jordan love show what he has. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is worried about Jordan love taking his job. He should not be worried about Jordan love coming in for the last four or five games of the season and saying, and, and making everyone say, Oh, this guy should start over Rogers when both are healthy. No. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, or might've been last week, Rogers might be like, yeah, play him. You want to give him four games instead of just one quarter. He'll show you consistently. He's not the guy. And then you'll, you'll like me even more, or it could really be, I totally understand where the organization's coming from. They need to see Jordan before they make their decision. I don't see him as a threat to my job. Go ahead. I don't want to risk, you know, I shouldn't say that because that would make him seem soft, but maybe he says, I understand you guys wanting to protect me and also see what Jordan has. Go ahead. That's the way I took that. I think once they're mathematically eliminated, we will see Jordan love. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, if you're Goody, Matt, well, you got it's got to be tempting, right? For it's sure. got to be tempting to say, you know what, guys, we appreciate it, but it's time for us to move on. I mean, he is the I mean, he's the guy he drafted. It's like he's the guy that gave up a draft pick to go get in 2020. Probably thinks he's just got to be itching to make this move, just itching to make the move. It is quite the spot that we're in here. It's fascinating. It is. It is. It, it, there's no. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Oh, I don't know. I can't. I can't wait to see after the buy what what they do. They 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 got to play him. They they've got to. I get what you're saying, Matt, about him being. Give them the best chance to win. That's that's probably all true. But you've got $19 million with the decision to make on him. And yeah, they probably have a pretty good idea about him, but yeah, I feel like you gotta cement it. Is he is he a C quarterback? Is he a B? If he gets four games or five games, getting if he goes five games, gets 300 reps. Maybe there's some some extra growth there. I'd I'd make the, I'd make the move. I I would I would use this injury as the excuse of hey, Aaron, you got a broken rib or whatever it is. You got we got you got we got to save you from yourself on this one, and go with the young guy. And at that point, maybe they lose it in Chicago. Then you are eliminated. Might be time to make the move. It'll be fascinating to see what they do. A couple other things before we wrap up here. Christian Watson. Oh, boy. He's a guy. I mean, his speed on that touchdown, unbelievable. His last three games, 12 catches, 265 yards, and six touchdowns. He's going to be – Let me rephrase that. I was about to say he's going to be their number one wide receiver. He is their number one wide receiver right now. Once Romeo Dobbs gets healthy, 
Maybe you re-sign Lazard as a complimentary piece. Samori Ture becomes a, a number four guy. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. <laughs> Man, when he caught that ball, there were two Eagles in pretty good position, and he just ran right past them. Well, it's funny you say that because I asked him about that play tonight, and he said, I saw, I said, what'd you see on that play? He said, I saw a bunch of green grass. As soon as I broke across that safety space, I knew I was going to be able to get to the edge. I felt like they had some good angles on me, but I take a lot of pride in my speed. He is so physically gifted. Yeah, I saw something from Next Gen Stats. I wish I had in front of me, but he was, he was like, he's got his, it's, He's only behind Tyreek Hill in number of plays where he's gone over 20 miles an hour. It's amazing considering how many games that he's missed. I mean, not just the whole games, but you know, if, if you add all the partial games into that too, how much time he's missed. And only Tyreek Hill has more 20-mile-an-hour plays than he's got. Unbelievable. He just needs more opportunities. Roger said it last week. He just needs more chances. It'll will get there, and you're right. The receiver core... With him and Dobbs up up top, and I, you know I think Lazard's a good player. That's pretty dang good. I did add, have a late ask for questions. It's two o'clock in the morning. Not many responses, but how good would Michael Meyer look in a package uniform? That's the tight end from Notre Dame. Right. Holy rat balls, as my former coworker would have said. Can you imagine that? He's a good player. He's a good player. He catches everything thrown his way. They got something building here, which is. Which is what we thought all along, right, Matt? Way back in August and September, the defense would be good enough, and eventually these guys would get there. And they're kind of getting there. It doesn't make any difference. Bill, uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on. How much are they paying Rich Basaccia to not realize until this late in the season that Keyshawn Nixon is your best return man? I mean, I I say that kind of jokingly. But this guy reels off returns of 38, 52, and 53 yards today. And Rich Passaccia had Amari Rogers returning punts and kicks over him. What the heck is he doing? It's like he never coached him in the, with the Raiders. It's like he wasn't familiar with this work. <laughs> Holy hell. How does he... I look, I know they made the change to Keyshawn at kick returner. What was it? The it wasn't the Giants game. I know Watson came in there, but my point is, how does it how does it take you this long to realize you have something in that guy? And how do you trot out Amari Rogers like that all season with this guy, Keyshawn Nixon, just sitting on the bench, getting not as many reps as he should as a return man? He's got some wheels and he's got some toughness too. Like how many how many arm slash leg tackles did he run through tonight? I mean it was I mean they 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 were very well blocked. But man, he ran through probably four or five tackles, I would say on those three returns. Amari Rodgers hasn't run through that many tackles since Clemson. That's true. So when you got some speed and some toughness, you have to check out. He's a good player. All right. We're about wrapping up. Anything else you got? Let's see. What else? Yeah, I don't have much else. 
We, we yeah, only... How about that holding penalty on Elton Jenkins? Jesus. Holy Jesus. That was one of the best blocks I've ever seen. <laughs> he buried that dude in the ground. Yeah, so he got, he got a 10-yard penalty for being physical or something. Let's just say the uh, Packers brass above me in the press box was not pleased with that call. Ball don't lie, though, because Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown past Aaron Jones on later that drive. So not only did they score the points, but Aaron Jones got his touchdown back as well. Justin Holland's MVP. Last thing I got for you. On defense, probably, actually. I mean, some really good pursuit from the backside from him and an Agberry. And, like, where has that been all year? Sorry, state of things, Matt. This defense is terrible. It's so bad. Hey, but the good news is they play Justin Fields, maybe. How many yards will Justin, if Justin Fields is healthy, over under on rushing yards? Because Fields set the NFL record for most yards by a quarterback, not including Kaepernick, three weeks ago. He was out with a left shoulder injury this week. So I, I got to figure his shoulder's feeling a lot better if you watch tonight's game. Justin's at home thinking, shit, my arm, it's healed. Yeah, because he's, he's not going to get hit. <laughs> I, I said tonight, like, the Eagles had a couple third downs or at least their first third down on the drive after Rodgers went into the locker room. And Jordan Love is standing on the sideline, not throwing a ball, hands in his hand warmers, no helmet on, and the Eagles have a third down. Like, dude, get ready. You're about to go in the game. Nah, he knows they're going to give up a third down conversion. He knows he doesn't need to get ready yet. It's like the Packers defense knows what's coming. They knew three running plays were coming on that last drive. And they could not stop them. Game over. It, it's it's insane. It's insane how vastly underachieving the Packers defense has been this year. It is an indictment on Brian Gutekunst. It is an indictment on the players. It is an indictment on the coaching staff. It's bad. Changes will be made because there's n- because when things are this bad in the NFL, that's your only option. Because you simply cannot run it back with the same sort of team. Devontae Wyatt's going to take Dean Lowry's spot. You know, who knows what other changes they make. Hell, it took them this long to play Rudy Ford over Darnell. It took them until week 12 to play Rudy Ford over Darnell Savage. When's the last time Darnell Savage made an impact play like Rudy Ford stripping that ball on AJ Brown, that Quay Walker returned 63 yards. When is the last time Darnell Savage made a play like that? Yeah, I have no idea. And Rudy Ford made a couple nice plays. I think he had a pursuit on Hertz on a scramble. He had uh, another pass breakup. If I'm remembering correctly on their sideline. Yeah. Like, Darnell Savage hasn't done that in a game in God knows how long. Whoever their, yeah, whoever their new defensive coordinator is going to be, he needs to be a tough guy. I realize that these guys need to be teachers, but they needed someone to instill some serious attitude in this group. That'd be my starting point. They don't seem to have much. And, and I'm always hesitant to be like, oh, these guys are soft, whatever. But anytime you get bullied like that, and this is not the first time that's happened this year, you're soft. The Packers' defense is soft. I don't want to comment on their attitude because, you know, 
that is, you know, harder to tell or harder to decipher, harder to classify, but they're soft. That's all it is. And it needs to change. All right. We've, we've chewed your ear off enough. Um, we'll talk to you next Sunday in Chicago. You'll be there, right, Bill? I will be. All right. Um, we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to us. Apologies for the late call for questions, but we'll get get your questions in next Sunday. This has been Head of the Pack. For Bill, I'm Matt. We'll talk to you guys next week.